Welcome to the Like a Dance Boss podcast. My name's Jess, and each episode I'll be interviewing a dance studio owner from around Australia. Tune in to find out their tips and tricks, the secrets to their success, and how they cope with the daily stresses of running a dance studio. Okay, thank you everyone for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I am chatting with Jess, and Jess, would you like to introduce yourself and your studio? Sure. Um, so my name is Jessica Masson. And I was going to say it's confusing, like Jess and Jess. Two Jesses. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jessica Masson and my dance studio is in Surrey Hills in Victoria and it's called The Dance Studio. And what's the, um, the story behind the name? Um, well, I actually re- I bought this school under a different name and after a year oh yeah maybe like nine months or so um I just felt it was yeah it was right for the business to change names um we'd also move change locations so we'd move to a different suburb um and yeah so the original name didn't really apply anymore and it was getting confusing people would call up and then they would get up set because our school was in a different suburb so um yeah yeah I just wanted to um change it it was also the long name is the dance studio academy of performing arts it's a bit of a mouthful I was gonna say um, that is a long name but I had to call it that because of um ASIC the registered business yeah thing yeah because the dance studio just short like that is actually taken so oh okay yeah and also like we're not just a dance studio, we do have singing and acro and um, yeah, drama and um, yeah. So I just wanted to also, I guess, acknowledge that we were a one-stop, more of a one-stop shop now yeah. compared to sort of 30 years ago when the school started. Yeah. More of my ballet school. Yeah. yeah. And so... I have so many questions now with what you just said. Did you, when you bought the school, did you think about rebranding it straight away, or did you? No, definitely not. Oh. Yeah, um, I wouldn't suggest anybody do that. I think that would be really risky. Yeah. Um, yeah, much better to, yeah, but uh, how can I put it? Yeah, because when you buy a business, um, you know, you're buying the goodwill and the brand depending on what the business is but in the service industry yeah you're looking for a lot of goodwill and the brand so if you just like change the name of the thing that you just bought like that's pretty bold um yeah yeah, so you probably yeah just protect your investment you'd want to keep um you'd want to be yeah keeping what you bought um I guess you wanted to give the the current students and parents a level of consistency and comfort that they yeah. were returning to the same school. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Because if yeah. you buy, yeah, it's 100%. Uh, yeah, if I just change the name straight away, they might feel like it's not the same thing. And then every, yeah, that's what you've just bought. If that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah, and it is risky buying a service industry because you can't force the customers to stay. Um, yeah. So that's on you. That's you have yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> and then rebranding question because there's a few studio owners that I've been chatting to who want to rebrand mm-hmm. especially after COVID because they feel like mm-hmm. they've had a break mm-hmm. like did you feel that you had to throw away a lot of um like uniforms and things like that it's something really 
simple, I guess, in the big scheme of things. But a lot of people are like, oh, I've got thousands of dollars of uniform with our logo on it and I've got this and I've got that. Like, was that painful or that wasn't? <sighs> yeah, it was a, yeah, it's not something that I did with um, without thinking it through first and it is expensive to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got to really weigh up the pros and cons um, before you do it. Definitely um, it was the right decision for us. Um, we grew, like, we, by the hundreds, um, not just because you changed the name, but I just made it more. I really, because you're going through everything, like um, your Google searches and your, um, what are yeah. they called, um, SEO, um, you know, search engine optimization stuff, you're changing your website, you're changing um, – everything so yeah. I guess this is a really good time just take stock and um yeah. and um fine fine tune you know your brand yeah but it is expensive you know yes uniforms your signage like I have a premises so yeah I still remember like pulling the old sign down and putting the new mm. one up and um paying graphic designers to create the logo and all that kind yeah. of stuff so it's a huge exercise um you know, um, changing your Facebook group and all that stuff. It's, yeah, it Everything, is a headache, yeah. but um, it was definitely worth it because it made us, especially the name that my school has is the dance studio. It's a very generic name. Um, so, yeah, it's a good, I think lots of people have told me that it was clever to do that because, yeah, you're searching, oh, you're a mum, searching for a dance school, dance studio, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it comes up. <laughs> It, it comes up. It definitely comes up. So, yeah, I think that was the thing that made me feel the most confident is that I thought the name was um, was a sensible one. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So when did you buy the school? Like what year? Um, 2015. So I've had it. This is my sixth year. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. Yes. <laughs> 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 counting it down and what did you do before you bought the studio well I I worked in it so yeah. I was I worked there full-time already so that was another thing advantage I suppose I had is that I knew the like the clients was I already knew all the students and the parents really well and I'd worked there for um seven years by that stage so I've wow. been associated with this business for thir- this is my 13th year um yeah so yeah, I worked full time as a um, as a manager and as a dance teacher, um, and I had also just had a baby <laughs> at that time. So I kind of yeah worked full time, had a baby, went on maternity leave, came back, bought the school. Uh, yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy yeah. times. You would have been so busy. It was so busy. It was so busy, but yeah, like I love, I love the kids. Uh, I love my kid as well. <laughs> so I think if you love, yeah, if you do what you love, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I nearly said it's easy. I had to stop myself. It's not easy, but it's enjoyable. Yeah. Well, it is easier if it's something you're passionate about. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're overly busy. It's not a chore. Yeah. Yeah. And what made you buy the school? Like, was it a mutual thing was the school for sale publicly did the owner approach the staff and say does anyone want to take it over uh yeah it was a long it was a it was years in the making the sale yeah so I was offered the school 
um, years before and I wasn't ready. I was um, just not, yeah, wasn't in position to buy it, but I was happy to work full time there instead and work yeah. towards a handover. Yeah. Um, so that's what suited me at the time and um, we needed to move premises anyway. So, um, yeah, we just, yeah, it was a, I would, yeah, I would be surprised if any dance school was sold really, really quickly, but I guess it depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Um, definitely. Like the, um, yeah, if your school is a small school in a hall, for example, like that's a bit different, but this one, you know, when you're talking about commercial leases and, yeah. um, um, and having and other staff, you know, taking you know, who you can keep on and all that. Yeah. The bigger yeah. it is, I guess, the longer, but I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my sort of experience and then um yeah so yeah I was in a position where I felt pretty confident because I knew all the all the customers and yeah knew how the business worked I'd had um yeah just been part of it so it was the it was the right step for both of us yeah yeah and then that you said that you moved location so when did that when did that happen Hmm, 2013, I think. So that was like when I was pregnant. Yeah. So. Oh, so that was before you bought it. Yeah. Yeah. So that oh, was okay. probably one of the things that stopped the sale happening any earlier because um, the premise of the lease had run out. So we needed to move. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so how did, well, I guess you didn't really participate in that decision of where the studio moved to. You were just working full time. I kind of did. Yeah. Um, I was definitely, yeah, I guess I, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely, yeah, we went through, we went through the premises together for the okay. new premises. Like I was part of that. Yeah. I guess the inspection and process yeah. and um, yeah. So I didn't not have, it's not like I had a say particularly, but I was definitely, I was definitely part of that. So yeah, it was a really, yeah. The sale I suppose went on for years and years. Um yeah. Yeah, you know, I also did have a baby in the middle of everything as well. So like it's a bit hard yeah. to yeah, I wouldn't recommend buying a business when you're pregnant and having a newborn. But I again, wouldn't recommend doing, doing anything when you have a baby. I think <laughs> drop everything. So true. Quit everything. Basically drop everything. <laughs> I should have had it in my license when I gave a baby because I never went anywhere. Eve hated the car. I just felt like I should have handed in all of my ID, licenses, anything. Just being a hermit for six months. Game changer. Absolute game changer. Um, and so when you bought the school, I didn't even think about all of these things when I was, you know, thinking about talking to you today, but you mentioned it before, like deciding what staff to keep on, how you're going to run it. Will you run it how you did run it because that's what people used to or will you change it because you feel that there's room to grow? Yeah. Like it's a, that's a huge responsibility. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, gosh, yeah, you're taking me right back. Um, yeah, well, I was naturally like busting with ideas of like yeah. things that I really wanted to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I'd been, especially because I'd been involved for so long. And um, um, so, yeah, it was important not to go crazy at the start, though. I think from I really, you know how mm. they say you got to put your business hat on. <laughs> so I put my business hat on and I was, you know, and um, uh, yeah, just thought best not to make 
drastic changes and that was like rebranding you know like don't just come in guns blazing and just change everything yeah you know it was successful before for a reason so um yeah it's about like for me it was yeah slowly implementing change as they were needed and you know I'm still I'm we're still evolving all the time I mean this year's been a funny year obviously not funny haha but (laughs) funny (laughs) in that you know we all had plans I'm sure at the start of the year that have got changed 45,000 times um so yeah this year aside um yeah we're always evolving and or to be fair we did evolve this year because like we're doing we're teaching online like no I never thought I'd do that so um yeah uh so back to the question was um changes yeah so like something that I really um what did I really really want to do that um it's all a blur because I was in a good position um, when I was working full time and that um, yeah. my boss did respect um, my opinions on a lot of things. And I was in a position where I could evolve things before I bought it, if that makes yeah. sense as well. So I guess there was a natural, there was, yeah, I was always sort of making changes, but so there wasn't, yeah. really, I don't know. I think the big thing was um, for our school was, getting acrobatics and musical theatre started. Like okay, I had yeah. to sort of com- campaign for that for a while um, yep. um, because, you know, that was really like everyone's doing it, so we need to do it too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I suppose what did I add in? I added in like little toddler ballet classes. Like we never did like two-year-olds, little ones. They yep. always were more three turning four, but I sort of thought because my daughter was that age that, yeah. And she was dancing around and I was like, well, I should be doing this in my dance school. It doesn't make sense. So, yeah, yeah. we definitely added that in. So it was just like, yeah, a little bit new moving parts um, slowly, slowly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, that makes sense. Did you always want to have a dance studio? Um, well, I, th- I think so. I didn't really admit it out loud, um, but yeah. I think deep down I did. Um, but you know, as a sort of teenager, young adult, it's sort of, you know, we're in this privileged position here in Australia where we can really be, you know, whatever we want. We're so lucky. Um, so, you know, to have, there was lots of options. I felt Mm. like I had lots of options. Um, so I was a bit confused about what I wanted to be when I grew up, (laughs) what I wanted to do and what, um. So other people expected me to be and do as well. I think that also comes into play for me personally. Yeah. Um, I was really academic at school, like really um, high achiever, you know, um, um, with all my school subjects. Um, so there's lots of pressure for me to, you know, really go go um, far with, with yeah. um, uni and, um you know get lots of degrees and whatever and you know um but I really just wanted to dance and um but be a dancer rather than a dance teacher I think at that really young age um and so yeah that's what I did and um and yeah um I guess yeah just as things sort of went on after doing lots of performing and I sort of you know, you get, oh, I'm going to say you get roped into teaching, that sounds bad, but like, it's sort of a natural thing to fall into, I think, that you would, 
teach dance classes. And I think we see that now as dance studio owners, you get the, the, yeah. the professional dancers that um, are filling in time, as they say. <laughs> to, yeah. um, and we don't really like the way they say filling in time. And I never would have said that <laughs> if I wanted a job. But um, yeah, I guess it definitely comes, it's, you know, everyone needs to make money. And if you are trying to survive and you're trying to pay rent yeah. and you also want to be a dancer, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like if, you also want to be a teacher and I think that's um yeah I was very lucky that I had great employers along the way that would let me let me do both and yeah um you know it's communication and good communication I should say so yeah I sort of did both for a while for a, for a long time and yeah you know I subcontracted all over the all over town <laughs> <laughs> and it was a lot of fun and that's how I learned I think that's how I learned how to be the teacher. It's definitely how I learned how to be the teacher I am today because I was, uh, yeah, I was working for so many different people and, um, yeah, learning, yeah, learning all the time, learning what not to do, learning what to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely being molded that way. So it's a, it was a long yeah. time. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think um, – you would do it again in hindsight by a school or does a part of you wish that you had the opportunity to start a school from scratch? I can certainly put my hand up and tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't do that because there's a lot of challenges. Yeah. Um, to me, it's like, oh, how great would that be to buy a school? Because, you know, the council permit's done and the building is already set up and yeah, all those things. But from your point of view, you've, you've done the purchase of a school. What do you mm. think? Um. No, I think, I think that buying, yeah, in my experience, I don't think that starting a school from scratch would be any easier. Definitely not. I think that's really like hats off to anybody who starts a dancing school from scratch, honestly. Um, that's got to be really hard. Like you said, getting council permits and just, yeah, just getting everything. <laughs> just, just everything. The everything. entire thing. <laughs> ah, oh my God, my head hurts. <laughs> um yeah, but that doesn't say like buying one is easy. It's not like it's yeah. huge. It's yeah. I guess there's a lot of there's there's so much risk. There's so yeah. much risk. So you just want to be really really sure. But it comes down to how much you're paying. Um, yeah. How much you're paying for for one, and um, there is no like magical figure. It's you've got to you know, work it out what it's worth, and there's fun business calculators and accountants and all sorts of people that can help you. Yeah. Um, um, if anyone's buying, if anyone's looking at buying a dance school, definitely get some like really good financial advice um, from people who are yeah. you know, a solicitor or who's experienced in, in business acquisitions and um, sales and stuff. Because And did you do that? Like, did you, oh, yeah. even though you knew who was selling it to you, you still? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Did no, your research. You've got to go through all, all the um, finances. Yeah, no, you've got to know. You can't be, you can't muck around with that yeah um yeah you have to put your business hat on which a lot of us don't like doing put a hat on I love putting my business hat on <laughs> yes yes you you do love putting your business hat on that's very true yes I I prefer to put my tap shoes on most of the time <laughs> but um you know you can't you, yeah yeah <laughs> my bowler that, that makes sense <laughs> your bowler hat my bowler hat <laughs> your diamond bowler hat yes. yeah. no doubt it would have bling on it 
and about your school like would you what type of school would you say it is like is the focus exams or comps or performances Um, like I know you said that your school like before we started this podcast you said a lot of your students are really academic um Mm. all the families have an academic focus um that obviously influences yeah um yeah, the dance school is definitely an exam school. Um, we, yeah, we're an RAD ballet school. Um, and yeah, if I find exams work really, really well um, for, I guess, our dance community. Um, but yeah. that's not all we do. We definitely, yeah. like, we're a very big school. Um, so we have a whole other stream of students that do, don't participate in exams. Um, yeah. And that equally works well for them. Um, yeah, we're very fortunate that we're large enough to have that split. Um, and uh, yeah, so very, I think, yeah, it works really well for um, my students to have goals. They love moving up the next level. They love getting yeah. the medals and the certificates and their feedback. Um, and I think that for us, the teachers really like it too, because, um, you know, working from a syllabus, um, suits a lot of teachers to have that framework there and um, yeah so it really yeah. I think it depends on it depends on yeah two things like what your what suits your faculty and what suits your you know why do people come to your school so yeah it was yeah. definitely an exam school like originally um, mm-hmm. and then yeah as we've grown we've um, we've definitely got heaps of kids there who aren't there for exams and it works for them too yeah and how many students would you generally have um like let's go back to term one before COVID yeah generally how many students and staff do you think uh we have we're usually sitting on close to 500 kids yeah um yeah I think the best year was about 520 or something like that um Mm -hmm. when I say the best year it wasn't necessarily the best year but in terms of like like in terms of the most enrollments in the most (laughs) enrollments that's right yeah um, yes, all the years are good, apart from this year, not great. <laughs> but, um, and teachers, we sort of float between, uh, I guess, probably 12 and 20, really, depending yep. on the year. Like, um, yeah, I have a really good core um, faculty that we've yep. been, you know, been along the journey for as nearly almost as long as me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so they're sort of, we're there every year. <laughs> and then we have, yeah. um, you know, other, um, it's just sort of the nature of the nature of the industry, I suppose. There's lots of, you know, high turnover. I mean, not every dance school is going to say that. And I guess every dance school is a little different, but I definitely have ones that turn over and it's, um, yeah, usually performance-based or um, um, moving. I find that, yeah, yeah, artists and creatives, they move. <laughs> so <laughs> now that sounds like a really similar um setup to my school yeah we we too have like a small team of us who yeah we feel like we're there year after year and maybe it's because we're a little bit older or um you know not in the industry anymore yeah um and then yeah I guess it's our younger more contractor type teachers who might teach this year but then they're off next year doing something else and then yeah. yeah, but it's a nice, it's a nice balance to have both, and I think the kids enjoy lots of different teachers, yeah. so they like that they might have, you know, the same teacher for tap, 
for three years in a row, but lyrical might change every year and that's okay. It changes things up. Yeah, I think so. I mm. think so. I think, yeah, you've got to just sort of manage your expectations of, um, yeah, what, <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> what am I saying here? Manage your expectations. Like I couldn't expect to have the same team year after year and especially in this world, um, probably in any yeah really like that's just the nature of people these days we all want to change people change careers not just like where they work like they become totally yeah so <laughs> go back that's to true stuff. so yeah being okay with that is probably pretty important if you're gonna yeah. school is yeah be prepared for change <laughs> well yeah especially after this year we're all gonna be <laughs> over prepared for change oh my gosh we'll be able to do anything yeah mm. absolutely um, and what's your role within the business? Like how many hours do you work? Do you teach? Do you do admin? Do you, what do you do? What do I do? Um, what don't you do is probably an easier question, <laughs> but what's, what's your main role within the business? I don't teach hip hop. <laughs> um, what do, what's my main role? Okay. Um, so pre COVID, um, yeah. Pre-COVID, isn't that funny? Um, it's not funny, but you know, um, <laughs> people hearing people, you're probably sick. But yeah, it's like, do you want my pre-life or like my current life? Yeah, because right now I'm sort of yeah in my pajamas watching Netflix. Just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so pre-COVID, I um, yeah was mainly focusing on literally being the director, so teaching very minimally. Um, yep competition kids only um so yeah on Saturday afternoon that was um all I could really I felt that I could manage and do well was that yep. if I did minimal teaching and majority management so yep. um yeah lots of talking to staff um and checking in with how they're going keeping them on track making sure we're all working in a cohesive way um and managing my two, I have two full-time people that work for me. So yeah. um, one of them is full-time in admin. So yeah, we work really closely together. And then I have another girl who um, works, sort of has like similar to my old job. Um, she's 50% teaching, 50% admin. So yeah. Um, yeah, so they, yeah, definitely busy managing the team and planning. I do all the events. Um, yeah again didn't have very many this year if any but um normally we've got um yeah between comps and exams and choreography workshops um like the student-owned choreography and yeah assessments and concerts and blah 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 blah. yeah it's never ending yeah it just keeps going and going and going so definitely I really enjoy being um the end decision maker on yeah all those events and how we do them so would we see you on front desk or no? Yeah. We'll um, see you in your office. Yeah, so I have a, yeah, I have an office, but it's like of course it's just an I um like a extra costume storage room. Like the desk yeah. can't see anything. It's just like costumes everywhere. So you see me <laughs> floating, I'm always and running. I'm always just like on my toes, running around like just busy. on demi point or like on full point <laughs> of course um no usually just trying not to trip over myself because i'm just so too like yeah busy so um 
Yeah, no, I, I could be, I definitely am at the front desk, like physically, you know, standing around there. But, yeah, um, but you're not on front desk. I'm not answering phones and emails. Um, again, I feel that, yeah, I, it's a big school and I, um, uh, the school runs better when I'm not doing the day-to-day. Yeah. Um, because I have a better overall picture of, and that's all you'll do if you focus on the day-to-day. That's all you ever have time to do is day-to-day stuff. And I find that you never have time to sit back and actually go, okay, let me plan because <laughs> yeah. you're just reacting to everything. Yeah, that's right. That is exactly right. And I have done the day-to-day. Um, that was my job for such a long time. So, like, I know exactly how to do it and what to do. And um, so I've spent a long time training up other people to run yeah. it that I want it run and deal with problems the way that I want them dealt yeah. with and et cetera, la, la, la. Um, So, yeah, and then now COVID, um, I am doing much more teaching. So, yeah. you know, to Zoom, <laughs> love Zoom, and um, um, not doing an obscene amount of teaching as we, well, we had to cut so many classes like everybody else, yeah. um, you know, down to probably like 150 kids. Um, yeah which is a big, huge step down, obviously, but, um, you know, I'm very thankful that we do still have a school and, um, yeah, I, lo- I love the kids. I, I actually brighten up my day. Like, I love seeing them and, um, yeah, it's been nice to get sort of back into it um, with them. So, yeah, I'm doing much more teaching now, right now. I was crying before. I was two minutes late to this interview, but, yeah, podcast because I was doing mad curry. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So what do you do, like, this is mum question, how do you teach on Zoom with your little darling at home? Because for me, that was something I had to decide straight up. Like, I cannot teach, like, teaching is four till seven really on Zoom with my studio. That's the hours we're doing on a weekday. Um, But I have a one-year-old, so it's like dinner time, bath time, bedtime and feral time. And yeah, so how, like, so I don't teach during those hours because it's just not something I can do physically. What, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. So I'm really lucky that I have it. I do still have a, I've retained a lot of my staff um, this year. So like I said, I don't, I'm not teaching an obscene amount. Just a um, little bit. Goodness. And um, because yeah, it would be impossible. Like my daughter's tolerance, like I couldn't, I just, you just couldn't. I mean, you could, but I couldn't. Um, <laughs> every night. Like, yeah, she's a very energetic kid. And yeah, it's just, yeah, how can you possibly focus on your Zoom yeah. students with your own? Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, so I, yeah, I've definitely limited what I'm doing. So, um, I get her from school and because it's just gone back and I race home and I throw her in the bath with her snack and (laughs) get that done. And um, yeah, we already have dinner ready, like dinner's ready during the day. And yeah, yeah, so it's a lot of organisation. And then, yeah, she's, I I let her watch, um, you know, her shows on Netflix or ABC, Ivy or whatever, whatever she's on. I don't even know. I should know. I do know. I do know. <laughs> and she's just randomly scrolling TikTok while you're teaching on Zoom. It's no biggie. Oh my God, it's gonna be nightmares. <laughs> she's got an Instagram account. No. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So she's um yeah, so she 
will, yeah, be in the other room. But yeah, she runs in. She ran in um, for, um, the other day and just like jumps on me. And yeah, the yeah. kids, my students think it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, wait, Lucia. And she's like, no, I'm fine. So yeah, um, there's definitely, it's comedy. Um, but yeah, it would be good if she would participate in the dance classes. Uh, but yeah. yeah, forget about that. She's, um, she already knows how to dance apparently. So uh-huh. that would be lessons. Um, but yeah. Uh, I also, she, I've coordinated it with, um, my sister lives with us. So, um, oh, amazing. yeah, she, she definitely is part of the, um, roster yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, what else do I have to do? I've coordinated her to Lucia to, she goes and sees her dad on one of my shifts. So yeah, there's yeah. definitely, um, a lot of organization moving parts as being a working mum for whatever whatever you're doing and oh, lucky have support very lucky yeah and do you um have other people that work um for the business like you've got your admin ladies you've got your teachers do you outsource to people too like are you just like I can't don't have time for graphic design that's gone I don't have time for bookkeeping that's gone yeah book yes I have a bookkeeper accountant like bookkeeper slash accountant um who definitely yeah, does a lot of my um payroll stuff and yeah, yeah and all the all the really fun stuff um yes that is 100% outsourced and yeah for some of the um I mean I wouldn't I don't know don't want to offend any graphic designers out there so I'm not going to say graphic design um but I guess our social media postings and things are made by um yeah the girl that works on admin um and um but yeah I've definitely paid graphic designers over the years for um um for bigger things I suppose like um yeah concert posters and um my yeah. website definitely I know that I'm pretty sure you but you're into building your own websites aren't you Jess only on Wix like I'm I'm not yeah. writing code or anything <laughs> yeah and I know um our friend Vanessa is also like really pro like doing it yourself whereas I'm yeah. very like yes outsourced I'm very much like no pay get someone else who actually knows how to do it really really well and yeah yeah um but that's yeah, that's, I guess, it's just, again, different, like, different ways of doing things. But, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> no, that makes sense. And what have you guys been doing during COVID? You've just been Zooming for whoever wants to do it or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we went straight off the bat. So as soon as, um, as soon as the um, restrictions sort of came in, um, that end of term one, um, yeah. we did. Uh, we did like token um, pre-recorded sessions um, straight away um, as a interim, I suppose. I was always of the opinion for our school that a live, inter- um, a live and interactive like online class would suit my kids more than um, the pre-recorded. Yeah. But because I was still learning about what even is Zoom, so um, we thought, yeah, we just did that to sort of give them, give it, give them something to start off with while we sort of yeah. worked out through the holidays, the school, those Easter holidays, and then, yeah, we just got straight into it and um, tried to keep as many classes as possible, and then we just sort of rolled with the punches from then on, and every term, um, you know, less and less classes have been offered with combined groups with. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've just tried to be as sensible as possible um, 
from a um, community point of view, like from like to make sure the kids are getting, you know, the best version of that we can do. And also that, you know, I can make, I can actually make it financially work. So, you know, we don't, we have a dance school on the other side as well. So yeah. Sides of two sides of things. So yeah. um, And Zoom, I think I feel really glad that we have an option at all. Like I've said this probably a billion times to people over this year that um, although we obviously with hands down, you want to be back in the studio and do face-to-face classes. um, You know, we're lucky that we could pivot at all. Like not every business can be turned into an online business. Like you, yeah, you can't. So, um, you know, pause like swimming schools, for example, you know, you can't do an online swimming school. So I feel very lucky that we have the technology to keep going. And um, yeah, hopefully, just yeah, the main thing for us was to be connected, um, keep the keep the relationships going. Obviously, we're teaching how to dance still and keep that technique up. But um, yeah, it's that connection. Yeah. What happened with your RAD exams? Is that something that's now postponed till next year? Or? Yeah, they kept putting them off. Um, and coming up with trying to come up with new solutions as we all were and then um, you know restrictions would change again and the dates would move and it was just it was a fiasco Um, so um, yeah we um, well we ran we basically ran like an in like a zoom exam I suppose like we (laughs) um, because we really wanted to give back to the kids because they'd worked so hard to learn all their work so um, yeah their teachers just wrote sort of wrote a report for them um, individually and we'll have we'll get they'll have medals given to them when we can see them again (laughs) so that I'll organize because yeah like they worked really hard um, and that we're trying to keep it no- as normal as possible for them. And then we've made the decision to move on to the next level um, already. Yeah. So, because yeah, um, yeah, I'm not going to make them do that level next year. Yeah. Um, no, that wouldn't go down well at all. Yeah, no, that seems fair. Yeah. And it's yeah probably more important for them to move to something new than to just do two years of the same thing for a piece of paper. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, Although no. someone like me who likes her folder and nicely organised with every level, hmm. that would frustrate me because I'd be missing a piece of paper. But yeah, yeah, well, that's why we did the the Zoom exams because we still got it. We provided them. like We made a beautiful like PDF certificate and email. So it's not going to be matching to what they would have got, but at least it's something as a placeholder because, yeah, one of the teachers said that to me, um, who is my student, um, and she's like, oh, but, you know, I have my folder and if it was me, and exactly what you just said. And I was like, oh, yeah. true. So, uh, yeah, yes, there is a lot of talk, isn't there, about that? And, yes, it was in that whatever the latest statement that what can we – what is it, like 10 people – yeah, at the moment we can have 10 people plus a trainer. Yeah. Um, to do outdoor group fitness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like some of the thoughts, I guess, are, you know, firstly, is it fair that councils are charging us? Because, you know, we've been told by government that we need to be closed and then we're told we can go out. But yeah, like my local council are charging me. What? Yeah, I haven't investigated. Yeah, sorry, I sound so vague from like, where is it again? <laughs> It's because, yeah, I have read that people are, yeah, having council sort of, yeah, basically to yeah. 
and then you know 10 people but if it's a soccer game you can have 26 if that's what you need to make two teams so it's a little bit um (laughs) unfair look I'm just gonna say it's unfair um but that could be because it's focused on um adult classes so you know maybe if they focused in on outdoor children's classes they might say look you can have 15 or or 20 um you know from a financial point of view it's great because we can offer classes and earn money from that but we also have to be really flexible because if it rains you know are you going to cancel and refund or are you going to move to zoom so there's lots of um logistics to make it work but you know it's an option. So what are your thoughts? Are you you're like, yay, nay? Yeah, like I really want to see, I really want to see my students. I haven't, I haven't done the research to, yeah, what it would take. I haven't approached council. We are in um, the inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne. We don't have car parking. So it's not like I can yeah. just put my kids in the car park. Like our staff car park is like on a slant. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, and it's only got a couple of spots. Um and we do have a park right nearby so I could look at it but again that's hills funnily enough it's called Surrey Hills so it's hilly um so <laughs> I could look I oh know it's so funny um I, I could look into it but I just feel like um like what about insurance what about if I what, uh, drop off and pick up with little kids and how do I I don't know like it's just a bit of like a uh, is this too hard um yeah. like I think it would be not maybe my heart's telling me that like I could do a couple of of those type of sessions um yeah um, rather than yeah look at doing weekly like you know I don't know I'm just like imagining like you know grade one tap rolling in at 415 and then there's grade three hip-hop and whatever and it's just I feel like it would just I would feel sound like a control freak because I am well it's not a bad thing you know running a dance studio and looking after 500 children I'd rather you be a control freak (laughs) yeah I just yeah I just don't my mind is boggled a little bit of how to do it because yeah yeah, it's not 10 adults it could be 10 like eight-year-olds and how do you manage that like and then if you can't have how many staff can you have there? And then what if your staff gets injured? And I mean, I'm sound like a worry what too, but like, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of things to consider when you're at the boss. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, no, they're all really valid, valid points. And I was thinking, you know, you'd need two staff members. Yeah. But financially, you know, it wouldn't cover the costs. Um, especially if you're paying for a council permit and it's not you know at the end of the day it's not about always making an income but the idea is we're trying to stay afloat to be able to reopen so 100 yeah it does yeah it does come down to that bottom line um safety as well i said about injuries and stuff but yeah and just like the whole reason why we dance in a dance studio is because we're purpose-built and we've got safe flooring and um, mirrors so that they can see what they're doing and all these things like yeah they're just i just feel like it's yeah it's risky risk risk yeah it's definitely an option that's good for a short term or um, like we're going to do some like boot camp for dancers type yeah classes because yeah like you said you can't really be tapping or doing floor work or a lot of things you can't be doing safely for a long time or in a repetitive way on grass yeah and child safety there's I mean I don't know you can't control who else is in the park like it's just it's just a lot like it's not a control 
environment. And um, yeah, I feel like we've done all this work for child safety over these last years. Like now it feels like yeah. it's backwards. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously there are all things that aren't brought up until the government goes, well, here's your option. You can just run classes outside. And then all of a sudden people pop like pipe up and say, well, you know, what about this and this and this and this? And then all of a sudden, you know, the risks of that are probably worse than the risks of going inside. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah, I don't, um, yeah, if I hear like. It's funny that you said about child safety because that was one of the first things I thought about. And as I was typing up the info for what I want to propose um, for our classes was, you know, please wear uniform so that we can easily identify you, but please wear conservative uniform because the last thing we want are the kids in crop tops for many reasons. Like, you know, they might get sunburned, they might get stung by a bee. Um, and also, you know, there's just, it's in the general public. So, you know, you need to dress how you would dress to go to a shopping center, which is more conservative than, you know, your athletic gear that you might wear in a dance studio. Yeah, all these things. Lots of things to think about. Well, we really opened a can of worms, but I feel like neither of us have the solution. So it's just like, no not yet but the benefits would be you can see your students your students can see each other and they can see their teachers and that would be so nice and I think it would give everyone a big boost of happiness yeah and then you know keep us going for that bit longer but you could do that as a picnic you know like whether it needs to be formalized (laughs) classes in the park or whether it needs to be a relaxed picnic or you know you just say to your teenagers hey do you guys want to go for a jog around the lake like yeah yeah you're so right yeah I think that's more what I'm leaning towards if this extends out much further November um yeah yeah I'm happy to commit to it for yeah one month November we only have about 30 students wanting to do outdoor classes so that's really easy for us like we'll just do one session for those who want it and I'm sure they'll have the best time and in five years time they're going to be like oh remember when we couldn't dance in the studio and we danced in the park but I think you know yeah it's for the short term it's not a long-term plan so once we get to the end of November you know hopefully we're in the studio if we're not like that might just be it for the year you know I don't know at yeah. some point we have to we, relax and recharge. Otherwise we're not going to last. How are we going to get through next year? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, mm-hmm. you can't say we haven't tried. <laughs> We've tried. No. tried and tried and tried. Yeah. And the amount of timetables and information dance studio owners have planned this year is crazy. Yeah. When you said like you were working on next year's and I just yep. was like, oh my God, I'm so traumatized from all the timetables I've done already this year. <laughs> like I just couldn't possibly. Hey, you've got to give me a break. It's October. Usually my 2000, like, well, usually the next year's info is out in August. So <laughs> I'm doing really well. Really? Because you actually when I gave birth in July last year, things got pushed back slightly. Yeah. But yeah, generally by August, I know what's happening. I'm all planned. I'm ready to go. And this year, yeah, a bit, bit more delayed. Do you book in, like, can you, because I just find that I couldn't lock in teachers at that time or are you not talking about staffing? Well, a lot of our teachers, like, you know, my studio is their full-time job, whether they're a full-time employee or not. Like it's their main yeah. um, source of income. Um, and so I think for them, they kind of know, well, you know, I taught four days a week 
this year or prior to COVID. So I'm probably going to be teaching four days next year. And most of them are able to give me an idea of what they want or, mm. or they say, you know, you tell me what days and then I'll work around, okay. work around that. But yeah, no, I feel like it's not that tricky. I feel like, well, it's obviously tricky. It's not an easy thing, but as far as, you know, gauging what the teachers want to do the next year, yeah. No, I think, you know, I'm, I know that things can change. So, you know, I'll book everyone in, but I know that there's teachers who could get a contract, who could end up, you know, moving overseas to pursue a performing gig. I know if someone's, you know, planning on getting married or going on a honeymoon or, mm. you know, so I'm prepared for change, but, you know, yeah. I think it's enough to kind of plan. Yeah. I feel like you're jinxing me. As I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, Maybe you're right. Maybe people can't lock in. So sorry. <laughs> you're making me doubt myself. No, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, I'm in awe. I know um, another teacher, yeah, who always has their term four, uh, term one out at the start of term four. And I always thought that was wild. So that's like this yeah. time. And now you're telling yeah. me this. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've worked for people that didn't send their time, like their time tab wasn't done until after concert. Um, yeah. well, mine's not done until after concert. But, like, um, it's not sent out to the families until, like, January. And I always thought, I'm like, whoa, like, that is so, like, out there like that's so late like that's I guess it's just yeah but that's what worked for them and that's just the way it was yeah yeah and I think you just you set up um yeah expectations within your own studio Mm. because I know a lot of studios comment that I'm early and organized and therefore the parents of my school expect it early but you know if your process is we do the concert and then the timetable comes out in December then that's just what they're used to so yeah I've set myself up for this pressure <laughs> but either way it's pressure isn't it? it's just a different time of year like it's definitely yeah. not a walk in the park to do it at that time of year <laughs> like it's just nuts well no and once you finish up and after the concert like you're exhausted the last thing I want to do is yeah. try and timetable yeah yeah yeah. Um, I just feel like in normal year, the, the year is just so packed. Like there's just, I yeah. my new girl that I hired at the start of last year, like she quotes me now just saying, oh yeah, in the downtime, in the downtime. And she's like, there is no downtime in this job. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah. when's the famous downtime coming, Miss Jess? And I'm like, um, Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's so true. That, and especially when, dance is so big now like that there's so much to do it's not like you're just preparing for exam and concert like comps exams concerts performances fundraisers workshops school disco you know there's so many things you can be doing I feel like I'm always yeah planning some type of yeah even if it's something smaller than that like simple as um you know private lessons having some extra um classes to learn a solo or something yeah oh yeah no it all like even the little things take so much time and that's yeah that's because you're like me like perfectionist control freak we like things to work like we don't like things to you know and muck things up I don't know about you but like I hate saying something's gonna happen and then it doesn't happen or like it changes the day it changes the time like oh oh no I'd never change the date certainly not no like me either so this year's been such a test for us hasn't it because it's like constantly 
just like, oh, actually, it's going to be on Thursday. Oh, no, it's at 4.30. No, it's at 4.15. Da, da, da. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. I? But yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm very much like that. It must be in the name. I think so. I think it's mm. the best thing. <laughs> and like kind of overall, like, in five years of running a studio what do you think is the most challenging part either for you or for all studio owners uh putting yourself first Mm. that is just that's not I mean that's not like part of the job description but that is the thing is that you you don't put yourself first and you put your studio first yeah um and yeah that's the challenge it's not challenge I suppose it's a it's a it's a how can I say yeah do you know what I'm saying like yeah no that makes complete sense and I think that is a challenge absolutely remembering to put yourself first like above because if you do that like if you then you can be the best at yeah being you if that makes sense but yeah that's Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm still learning that and I am yeah well like again I've talked about Vanessa before but I bring her up she always says oh you're so good at that like not necessarily like good at putting yourself first but just good at like finding balance and I'm always like oh my god I'm so not like I'm burnt out most of the time and yeah yeah so but yeah just keep like yeah if you are burnt out then you can't um yeah it's really hard to be a good leader and um you know to be be pleasant to be around (laughs) um yeah so I think that's the biggest challenge is yeah having that like to shut shut off and go, you know, close the laptop, you know, don't answer the text messages or whatever your chosen communication is and be at home, just being at home. Different this year because we're stuck at home. But, yeah, just like Mm. choosing to trust that, you know, the studio is is running, you know, really well and everyone's happy and you don't need to be there all the time is that I think that is the challenge. Um, uh, Yeah, so... And then on the flip side, what do you think is the most rewarding part of being a studio owner? Oh, the kids. I love them. Mm. Like, I just love the, um, you know, they drive me crazy sometimes. But, like, (laughs) I love being in the studio with them. And I think I've always loved this as a kid as well. Like, um, it's a safe space, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be be in the dance, in, in, in the studio, and the whole world could be, like falling apart like around you and it could be literally the last building standing and you wouldn't have a clue because like that's the only thing that's important is that present time and that choreography that music your friends you know your Mm -hmm. teacher um and you know making that you know dance making is that's what the focus is and I can really shut off from worries that I've got or anything that went wrong the day before or that morning or what I've got to go home to or whatever so that's definitely my favorite part is just being there with the kids and sharing that those moments and yeah literally like nothing nothing else enters my brain at that time really it's really nice even when I'm like screaming five eight seven eight what you mean like <laughs> very present you're just so present with that yeah so I love yeah that. that's so true it's my favorite part and as a mom what advice do you have for mom studio owners out there you said before being organized like is that really the key do you think just being super organized and everything having its allocated mm. time so that Lucia has her time you have your mom time the studio has its time 
Um, yeah, it is pretty important to be organised, but um, I think, like, lowering expectations that you don't have a normal job, like, like that you can't, like, it's not a nine-to-five job, it's a random hours job, so, you know, to expect your kid to be like every other kid in terms of when they're sleeping or I guess it depends what happens. Yeah. Where, where they are after school or, um, you know, they're just, it's just not, that's not your family. That's not your lifestyle. So yeah, you've got, yeah. Um, that would be my advice that, um, yeah, you have an unusual lifestyle as a dance studio owner. Um, yeah. So, and you've got it. yeah, your kid, you and your child have to sort of work in harmony with that, but your school also has to work in harmony with you. So, but yeah, trying to, you know, if you're chatting to other mums who, yeah, they have nine to five jobs, it's just different. It's just so different. So that's not really, I, yeah. I find other dance studio owners that are mums and see how they are doing things and, and then check in and be like, oh yeah, yeah. My kid does go to sleep at 10 o'clock on Thursdays, but you know, they're still alive. Like they're okay. They're fine. Um, you know, because that's. Yeah. But that's so true. Like that's, yeah. it's really true. And I would compare myself to the mother's group that I mean, I guess. And of course, none of them are dance studio owners. No. And they're not getting home at 9.30 after teaching or being at a concert or at a rehearsal or whatever. And yeah, you're, my kid, I mean, for me, Lucia would just wait for me to get home. Like she was not going to sleep without seeing me because it just, she just wouldn't. And she wasn't upset. She wasn't distressed. She was just wide awake, just like, yeah, and that was just always yeah. being the way it is. And it used to stress me out. And I'd be like, why haven't you put this baby to sleep? You know, this baby, you yeah. know, baby's supposed to sleep at seven o'clock. And so yeah. I left the house though. So um, yeah. it took a long time to accept that. But, and um, yeah, it's definitely takes a lot of pressure off, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's accepting that that's what your, yeah, that's the way it is for your family. And that's okay. And it's 2020. <laughs> so yeah but like that's made me think you've really got my brain ticking because I feel like everything I see to do with parenting on social media or websites or like on the news or whatever it does all um get based off a normal job like and a normal lifestyle which isn't our lifestyle and yeah perhaps it would go really far for someone to say, you know, if you're a shift worker or if you're running a gym or, you know, whatever, your kids, you know, normal nighttime thing might not be seven till seven. Because I know I feel like a failure if my kid's not in bed from seven till seven because that's what everyone says they're meant to do. Yeah, no, I can relate. Like, yeah, it's, um, it is an awful feeling when you feel like, yeah, you're doing it wrong and you're going to hurt your kid. But I'm sorry, yeah. not like, <laughs> like they will be okay. Um, it's about, yeah, working. Yeah, it's, oh, man. Like, I think there's so much pressure on working mums um, in this day and age and that we've got to be good at everything and, yeah, there's a particular way of doing things. But um, there is yeah. um Wow, yeah, so much, so much, so much stress on mums. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's um, If it was more widely spoken about. Um, yeah happiness <laughs> maybe uh you can spread the word you no, said you were bored and needed something <laughs> to do today so facebook post <laughs> challenge accepted yeah you could start like a mummy blog for people who work irregular hours yeah um and you could create the new normal good the new normal oh man which we don't even know what that is because we're not in a normal 
life or world anymore. So who no. even knows? Exactly. Um, but we should probably wrap it up because you need to pick up Lucia from school soon and I don't want her to be the kid that's left there by herself. Not being neglected, probably better pick her up. <laughs> no, yeah, she, um, I definitely, I definitely want to. I'm very glad that I get to do that. Um, yeah. It's that nice. must be so cute to pick her up from school and see her excited. To- yeah, no, it's great. I'm so glad I work uh, so hard to be able to be that mum as well. Like, um, yeah, to be able to pick her up from school, like I really want to do that. And it is possible. Like um, a lot of people mm. say, like, how, how are you not at your studio and, you know, um, yeah. And say, well, I, yeah, I definitely did the hard yards. Like, I, oh my god, <laughs> like when she was so tiny. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So, yes, I should go pick her up. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. <laughs> Thanks for chatting. I really enjoyed listening to you. Like, I love hearing about your studio and buying a studio. But then I feel like a lot of what you said is real, really realistic um and good to hear it helps I guess keep anyone who's listening a little bit more grounded and maybe lower our expectations in a good way to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves to be ready and organized with COVID stuff and you know just make the best of what we can do with the current situation that's really all we can do yeah, it really is. Yeah, oh, it's my. It's been a real pleasure, Jess. I'm feeling more relaxed after speaking to you, so oh, I'm happy. So nice. Oh, I'm really glad. Thank you. I'm gonna throw my 2021 info pack outside and give myself a wine. This is probably right. You've probably got it all right. You're probably totally like bang on. No. Yeah. Don't throw your work out. <laughs> okay, fine. But can I still have the wine? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You've earned it. <laughs>